Welcome to the Created to Lead podcast. We are your hosts, Sammy and Alex. This podcast is here to inspire you to pursue your God-given dreams and to rise up to the leader you were created to be. You'll hear impactful stories from respected leaders of all walks of life who have overcome their circumstances that ultimately built them. Join us as we learn, grow, and lead together. Let's Let's go! Hey guys, welcome to the Created to Lead podcast. This is Alex. And this is Sammy. And today we have an amazing guest, Dane Mikolas. How's it going? I'm good, my man. How are you? Good, good. Good. So, Dane, tell us about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Who are you? Uh, aren't we all trying to answer that question? <laughs> Who are you, Dane? Yeah, uh, that, that that answer probably evolves over time. Where, uh, where'd you grow up, Dane? Where'd I'm from Sacramento up? originally. Okay. Yeah, cool. Sacramento, born and raised, and then um, moved to Southern California for school. Um, when I graduated, stayed in Southern California as opposed to going back home. That was kind of a big, you know, pivotal decision. And then, um, yeah, I spent uh, a decade plus down in Orange County specifically, and um, I started a business, started a family, um, now we have uh, a couple businesses up here in Idaho. Uh, moved recently in the last year plus, uh, give or take. Uh, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a father. I'm a brother. I'm a son. I'm a um, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm I'm uh, yeah. I'm all the things. Cool. Well, so okay. So tell me about where did this entrepreneur venture begin? Were you always an entrepreneur? Sure. Were you working a job? You hated it. You were like, I need to work for myself. Sure. How did it start? <laughs> yeah, I'm probably not a job. I hated it. I've, I've probably, I've, I've enjoyed almost all of my jobs, you know? Um, but, uh, I do like doing things my way or if I'm going to buy into somebody else's system, I really have to believe. Right. And so for me, um, actually Sammy and I were, were talking about that recently where we had gotten involved with some leadership groups where there's some similarity there. And that sort of planted a seed, uh, for me in terms of entrepreneurism and just what it might be like to set your own schedule, to make your own way in the world, et cetera. And so, um, yeah, the, the, the quick short story on that is, is real simple. I was telling Sammy, I, um, out of college, I went to work for uh, an upscale health and fitness club um, in Southern California, and they really push a certain, uh, like, the industry term is penetration rate in terms of training, right? So uh, you've got your basic membership base at a fitness club, and then you've got how many people are actually training. And the industry sure. standard is single digit. Um, at this club, it's double digit. It's like, no, no, people here, they train. And so there's an expectation that you're going to develop a certain level of business in a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, and if you don't do that in about three months, typically they let you go. It took me nine months. Wow. <laughs> they didn't let wow. me go uh, because I had a great attitude and I just hustled. And so, you know, for a good year plus, I want to say, including Sundays, I didn't take a single day off. Um, I was just at the gym all the time grinding and eventually turned into a top performer cool. um, in the club. However, turned into burnout, you know, yeah, and totally. um, and I was very much that individual who I gave my heart and soul to the the team, the club, my people, et cetera. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget. I always tell the story this way. There was a day where executives came in from New York, quite literally with white gloves, like looking wow. at dust wow. and wow. yeah, you know, they're testing equipment and bup, bup, bup. you know, everything was facilities management um, and overall sort of assessment of the aesthetic. And there was just very much this sort of down the nose kind of relationship with staff. And the thing that irked me the most was this is a nice fitness club. People are paying, you know, 120 to $140 per session Wow, wow. for personal training. Uh, and this is a decade ago, so who knows what yeah. it is now. Yeah. Um, and, 
they did not interact with a single customer their entire visit. And that, that just really irked me. And so anyways, I had, uh, I had a client friend who I had been training with and, uh, knew that I was, you know, a little bit, you know, disenfranchised, but also just tired. And so he introduced me to some gentlemen who uh, were starting a group fitness concept. And I was telling Sammy the other day, I had no idea what the model was for me, right? It was like, I I know I don't want to do this, but I don't know what the next thing is. Mm -hmm. I I think, again, that seed had been planted in terms of maybe you'll own your own business someday. I didn't know what that looked like. Um, And so going into this group fitness world, which had been completely uh, just ambiguous to me, was a real eye opener uh, that you could do, um, yeah, that you could do high uh, value delivery in a group model. Um, I had not seen that before. You know, if you, if you come from the one-on-one background, it's like, oh no, like, you know, the, the more people you have to touch, the less impact you can have on those people. And that actually turns out to not be true. Right. Uh, there's a really cool, you know, team dynamic. There's sort of that group dynamic. If you've ever taken um, a really high quality, high caliber group fitness class, there's a, there's a feeling, there is a, a connection to the other people in the room. Uh, and there's sort of this proliferation of kind of ecstatic energy at some point if the class is done correctly. And uh, people just walk out of there feeling amazing. So I touched that, I felt that, and I, I wanted to duplicate that. And so here awesome. we are. So did you come from a background where your dad or mom were entrepreneurs? Or like, where did that start? Because I find people who were raised with parents who were just always employed, they have a much tougher time with risk than people who saw their parents struggle and build something. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, to, to a degree. My, my dad does uh, home loans and he has his own mortgage broker, Got brokerage. It. Got it. Uh, so it's not a traditional, you know, B2B um, or B2C business, but it is, yeah, uh, a business. Uh, he had started with a business partner 30 plus years ago. That guy retired a little over a decade ago. And, and so my dad's been running the business since. But um, I don't know that I would say that my risk tolerance comes from that, speaking to that specifically. Yeah. Um, I would say, to be honest, that comes more again from like the personal development work. Yeah. Um, from, yeah, just believing in self, in improving yourself. I should say surprising yourself, right? Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, surprising yourself in terms of achievement, what you're capable of, overcoming obstacles, et cetera. Once you start doing that and you have a belief, um, I've just, I'm a big quote guy, you know, uh, I love. Uh, What's one um, of your favorites? Yeah, so I was about to drop, right? Uh, I don't even know who it's attributed to, but what one man can do, another man can do. Yeah. And so the idea, right. you know, success leaves clues, Tony Robbins. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no there's no shortage of ability in the world, but there is a shortage of, of dreaming, I think. And so I've always been a big dreamer. Um, and one day the the dreaming and the um, the lack of, I don't know, risk aversion. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever you would call that risk comfortability lined up and you know, here we are. So something we've learned is although you might see someone that's positive, um, they, like everyone else, has a story to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, any obstacles or any trials or things that you've gone through that even in the midst of though, you've, you've really had to rely on um, a positive mindset or lead your thoughts, lead, um, yeah, just the direction of, of where you're going because of maybe tragedy or things that have happened in your life. You want to go there? <laughs> if you want to. Um, no, I would say, honestly, I mean, what you don't know, we haven't discussed is, I mean, you know, coming from my, my background, I had a pretty tough upbringing. Um, 
my my dad comes from a very 1950s traditional upbringing let's put it that way and his father passed away when he was young and he had a couple other men in his life you know growing up that that kind of developed him to be a certain way mm. and i think um you know dad if you're listening i love you we all love uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> we all love you um and just in general i grew up with a lot of um, examples in my life. I was, you know, we, we all do modeling, you know, pretty much similar ways. And for a lot of people, you, you either model the behavior that you see <clears throat> and you, you sort of, you know, proliferate it or you go the other direction. And so for me, there were a lot of, I would say negative examples. Um, unfortunately I have some family members who have just chosen for a very long time to go in just not the best directions for themselves. And so for me, it was sort of always, okay, well, if, if that's what not to do, then what do I do? So right. I'm kind of making these turns all the time. So I'd say at a very early age, it was sort of this idea of, okay, what's, what's the better way, right? For a long time, um, cause your questions about mindset, uh, that turned into judgmentalism, you know, mm. when I was a teenager in my early adolescence, et cetera, there's a lot of, you know, your own pain, you're going through things, you're exploring, you're experimenting. And, um, yeah, I didn't like myself for a very long time. Mm. And because, you know, hurting people hurt people when you don't like right. yourself, you're judging others. And so my relationships were, were often failed relationships and, and chasing the wrong things, et cetera. So anywho, um, yeah, fast forward, I would say again, it's, it's getting around the right people, uh, different organizations you get involved with or just what have you, you know, we, I'm very fortunate. I'm very blessed that I've had the right influences in my life at the right time. Um, but yeah, so fast forward, speaking of tragedy specifically, um, <clears throat> uh, I have two daughters. My second daughter um, was born uh, a little bit on the small side, but nothing crazy. Um, but her mom, unfortunately, had developed some, um, uh, I guess I guess we'll call it depression uh, during the pandemic. You know, we've we've got our one business in Southern Cal in Southern California, and it's shut down, and we have no idea what's going on and, and what's happening. And now we're living off of savings and and you know paying our employees and our cost and da da da. So, anyways, um, my daughter had issues latching, um, and my and my wife had issues feeding her, and we had none of those issues whatsoever with the first child. And in fact, she was like a super feeder. <laughs> it was kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and so, with the second one, this comes with this big, big shock. My wife had been battling this depression quietly. Um, I didn't know about it. Her family didn't know about it. None of us knew what she was dealing with. Um, and. Anyways, I, I, I give that context to say, I think for women who are, and it doesn't matter, postpartum in any capacity, uh, there's a stress around taking care of your child, of course. Right. And when it, even when it goes well, there is still a stress, right? That, that, that motherhood, that nurturing, right? I need to make sure that things are taken care of. And so when our daughter couldn't feed well um, and eventually stopped gaining weight, that was a big issue for my wife. And so uh, my daughter, Aura, was diagnosed eventually with uh, what's called failure to thrive. And so it's when a child either stops gaining or loses weight for a prolonged period of time. So mm -hmm. it's about two week period. Um, and that's not supposed to happen for seven week olds. Yeah. So anyways, we were, uh, we were admitted to the hospital, uh, Children's Hospital in Orange County. And um, it's, it's a shock, man. You know, you see your kid, uh, this tiny little thing hooked up to machines. She's got IVs mm -hmm. in, you know, three different, uh, veins and, um, it's just kind of crazy. You got, you know, stuff going on. And, um, the first night that I was on shift on duty, um, I had had, uh, this sort of surreal experience where there's a, um, like an outdoor atrium, like a mezzanine kind of thing. 
And so I was kind of taking a break. One of the nurses was, was with aura and I was downstairs in this atrium, you know, taking the break and all around, they have these tiles and their dedications from families who have donated money and, or they have some kind of a story that has been commemorated by the hospital. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those stories aren't happy endings. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are parents who've had to say goodbye to children. And so when you're confronted with something like that in life, you have a lot of, you have a lot of places you can go. Um, but for me, I, I'm a very simple thinker. Uh, you know, I, I like to think of things in, in very simplistic fundamental terms and it's like, I can go up or I could go down. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just considering the fact what happens if she dies? What happens if my seven week old child dies? What am I going to do? I'm sitting there and I'm just thinking, okay, like my life is going to go on. But what's gonna what's gonna happen to the quality of my life? How am I gonna kind of process through this and past this? And um, as cliche as it is, it's like okay, if I want to get through this and I want to get through this well, I need a strategy. I need I need some kind of something to latch onto. And 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 in an instant, it's it's gratitude, right? I mean, mm -hmm. as as cheesy as cliche, whatever, it's real. Um, <laughs> when you have a thankful heart, when you have a satisfied heart, you're not wanting. Um, and so I latched onto the idea that even though we'd only had her for, you know, basically two months, I'd seen her smile. I'd mm -hmm. seen her laugh. I, you know, smelled her little baby breath and, and held her and, um, you know, and I saw incredibly happy moments and I got to feel her love and I got to witness her birth. And, you know, so she was proof to me again of the miraculous mm -hmm. and I was grateful for that. And yeah, so I would say positive mindset helped get me through that. Um, and that prepared me for what was to come. Um, so Alex, I'm not sure if you're aware of Sammy shared or not, but, um, unfortunately that, that trigger, the night that aura was hospitalized, my wife started, um, uh, really devolving into suicidal ideation and, uh, was eventually diagnosed with what's called postpartum psychosis. So it's different than a depression. She was literally having delusional thinking. Mm. There's a lot of paranoia. She, she was seeing things that weren't real. She was saying things that weren't real. And, um, it was about a, a year long journey, um, in and out of different kinds of treatment, uh, for us or attempts at treatment, uh, with mental health. And eventually, uh, my wife ended up taking her life, um, mm. in November of, uh, of 2021. So basically a year after almost, uh, that aura had been hospitalized. Um, and so same thing, I mean, throughout that entire year, uh, cultivating a positive mindset, uh, just honing in on things I can be gratitude grateful for, um, expressing as much satisfaction and gratitude with my life as I can. Um, yeah, that just, it, it becomes a survival mechanism. Uh, and I think you're saying that out loud, that's it. Like we're, we, we're all, we are all here organic creatures, right? We're organisms. We have this, we have this, we have this life. And in this life, like I said a moment ago, it is, you know, without oversimplifying it, but it is what you make it. And I decided a long time ago that I want to live the best possible life that I can. I can't get a, I can't get around tragedy. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. If I live long enough, everybody I love is going to die. Mm -hmm. And I think about that. Like we don't, but <laughs> think about that. I think about death a lot. Um, memento mori, the bad times are going to come. Uh, but I'm dedicated to hold steadfast to as much good as I can because I just think it's a better way to live. And yeah. I don't want to sound insensitive or glib about that, but um, 
it's not that I don't get affected by things that are kicks in the gut. I mean, I'll tell you, I've, I, you know, I've experienced more pain than I've, than I, yeah, <laughs> would like to experience again. And there's still bad days. There's still hard days. Um, but that doesn't, I guess, push me off my course. I don't allow it to for too long. You know, what did you do? Um, not, I mean, I, I've known a few people who have lost a spouse, but what did you do that first month? Like, what do you do after that first month? I don't know what you do. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah. So I think that the challenge for me, for us is we were such a big part of the community that we'd created in our fitness studio. Um, and so that was really difficult. I felt like I had to be strong for other people in mm -hmm. that moment. Um, for the entire year leading up to that. Um, I mean, again, you, you guys don't know my wife. Um, you don't know her story and all that, but like she meant a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, She's an incredible, imagine. spectacular, just wonderful individual. Mm. Um, yeah, I like to describe her as a supernova. Like she mm -hmm. really was a one of one of a kind person. And um, yeah, so it was, it was a big blow for a lot of people that whole year we were kind of like hiding her we were kind of protecting people from the truth and what was mm. going on and all that and, and, and people knew there were some things that were made public and um but anyways so to answer your question i i mean the very first thing was get together with family you know we were with family for a couple weeks my girls um had been in texas actually um with family while uh kara and i were doing some things and um <clears throat> Yeah, so the very first thing was try to get around family, see as many of them as possible, just you know, just cry and hold each other and whatnot. Um, but with regards to the first month, I think it's you're just trying to collect yourself and you're answering those questions that I'd kind of already you know alluded to mm -hmm. earlier with regards to Aura, like what do I do now? What's right. going to happen next? And for me, I mean, same thing. It's kind of the same process. Um, I will say for anyone who's listening to this, if you if you when you do lose somebody I'm going to say two things one start taking as many pictures as you can mm. I used to hate taking pictures I was <laughs> oh never a picture gosh. guy take as many pictures as wow. you can because if something happens that's all you got mm. that's wow. all you got I'm always telling my wife like why do you take so many pictures oh my gosh mm. you know I'm if on anything, the opposite I'm like take more <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll tell you right now if anything happens to her you are going to love all those pictures mm. yeah and so that was actually the day she died um, that was the very first thing I did. Well, not the very first, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, that was what I spent hours going through my phone, mm -hmm. uh, cause none of us have organized phones and basically taking every single picture and video and whatever, putting them in, into an album that mm -hmm. I could save for later. And so, and I've asked other people to do that too. We've had, you know, friends who have submitted stuff to Dropbox and, you know, special memories and things. And again, it's not just for me, it's for, for my girls as well, right. right. For them to preserve that memory. Um, cause the one thing that I, that I don't want it to become is this stigmatizing event, right? This, this big pain point I had, you know, for my girls, especially I lost a parent early and did it like, you know, it's tough. So I really want it to be as best as possible, a positive memory from the standpoint of let's celebrate who she was. Right. Let's celebrate who to me, she still is. Um, you know, different cultures celebrate death di differently. Uh, and, uh, a very close friend of mine has lost some people as well um, recently. And so we talked about, you know, Dia de los Muertos, but celebrating, you know, mm -hmm. their lives um, on a day each year. And, and people talk about, um, um, 
uh, what is it called? Uh, like your heaven day, <laughs> essentially, um, on the day that they passed, you know, celebrate a birthday, but also celebrate their heaven day. Right. Um, so there are things like that. Mindset matters because some people might go through that same exact uh, exercise and, 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 and it just creates more longing for them. Mm. I, I don't know. So, but for me, that was a very cathartic um, exercise to do. Well, I want to thank you, Dane, for sharing that, man. And as we talked a little bit earlier, you know, my wife went through um, something very similar yeah. where with our first child, we didn't know, um, you know, first child for us. I know your wife had different experience where the first child was able to latch and, um, and do extremely well. Um, and the second, not so much. For my wife, it was from the get-go. She, um, she didn't have that uh, opportunity. Um, and uh, as a husband, I did see the struggle and uh, the depression and, you know, the postpartum depression is very real. So definitely for those that are listening to this episode, like, re- please reach out. Yeah. You know, do not, do not suffer alone. Uh, it's, it's not your fault. You mm-hmm. know, I think that's one of the things that women go through and something I would out here for my wife is what's wrong with me? You know, mm-hmm. why can't I feed my child? Like if this mm-hmm. was 100 years ago, my child wouldn't be alive, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. And as a husband, I had to keep reassuring her, like, it's okay. Like, you know, we're not 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. We're here but and there's it. help. Yeah. Yes, and, and this is our time and, and it's going to be okay. But regardless, um, she had to go through that with every single one of our four children, thinking hopefully that she can do things better and mm-hmm. be better equipped. And then with each child, it, it didn't. Um, so thank you for sharing your story. And for those that are listening, whether you're a husband or a wife or future, um, be mindful of that yeah. and be sensitive to, to observing your wife um, during that postpartum season because it is... Um, yeah, such a sensitive time mm-hmm. uh, for many, many reasons. And so I just want to thank you for sharing that because I truly believe that your story um, can touch many lives. Sure. I want to ask you a question, Dane. Now, you know, two years later mm-hmm. or so, how do you live differently from an experience like that? Does your, I mean, do you just see the world differently? I guess what advice can you give for Alex and I and those listening that maybe you've shifted the way that you even live or see the mm. world or things that you care more about now that you didn't, you know, uh, you know, prior to 2021, how do you live differently after something um, like that? Yeah, it's a great question. I, th- I think again, when you have a loss of any kind of relationship, it makes you put other relationships in perspective, right? So, um, I would say there are relationships that I'm definitely trying to cultivate more time, more quality time in, uh, there are experiences that I no longer want to wait for or put off. Right. There's sort of that, that bucket list effect of like, man, like it really can go sooner than you think. Right. Mm. So with my businesses, I've always thought of sort of a longer time horizon and now maybe that's not the case. And, you know, so it's, it advances things. I would say for me more than anything, it's, it's the loss of, um, your spouse is, is literally it's your life partner. Right. And, 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 you know, I've, again, I've, I've had, um, other losses recently in other capacities. And, um, I would say I mean, the person who's your life partner, quite literally, you know, everything is inextricably linked, your business stuff, your finances, we have two children, Mm -hmm. like every single thing, um, has had some kind of material change. Um, and so to be quite transparent, I, I think I'm, you know, to use the colloquial phrase of do the best I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think like anybody, like there are things that I wish that I would do better. Um, I'm working on that uh, every single day. I'm a work in progress like anybody else. Uh, but I would say just overall the mindset, I would, I would, I would say kind of reinforced um, that you have to stay your internal world <clears throat> has to be yours. It cannot be, 
you cannot be influenced. And of course, it's impossible not to, but as best as you can, you need to protect it from external circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so much of us live circumstantially, right? So much of us live circumstantially. And so my point is, you know, for for myself moving forward, it's like, no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening out there, no matter what my state of affairs is, I, I need to protect that internal environment, right? I need to I need to make sure that uh, that I'm fortifying my own whatever you want to call it, headspace, your heart, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so, I guess I would say as as a parent, same thing. It's it's that to me is is the number one thing um, that I want to focus on for my children. I don't know if anybody's done this because you're asking you know advice for other people. I would say it has nothing to do with that question, but just in general, be intentional about the kind of life you want to live. And if right. you're a parent, be intentional about the kind of life you want for your children. And please, please do not let that mean material things mm. because it does not matter. What is going to matter is do they know that they're loved? Do they like themselves? Are they respectful? Are right? The things that you want for your children, if you were to write it down, which I've done and I would recommend people mm-hmm. do as an exercise, write down. They're all going to be ethereal, you know, characteristics and concepts. You're not going to want the Harvard education and the right the stupid stuff that you know I want my kid to live in th- Two Rivers Ranch and have a Range Rover. No, no, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, I would say that's my piece of advice. Although I don't think it answered your question. <laughs> no, it definitely did, man. Thank you so much. Are you good at? Um, this is just this is something I struggle with a lot, especially with work and family. Are you good at staying present right now? Just going no. through all this. <laughs> if I'm being okay. honest, yeah. no, I'm not. Yeah, I was like maybe he's grown through that. Now he's really present. I don't know. I think yeah. we all struggle with it being, <laughs> being fathers for sure. Yeah, I will say um, I do what I do pretty well, um, and I've always been. Uh, I should say always for a very long time, I have had a mission to set out to touch people through fitness specifically mm-hmm. because it can do something very special. Absolutely. And so there, there is that part of me, right? Like I want to be the absolute best father that I can be. Um, my children need different things at different times. And some of the things that they need, I don't feel like I can always provide to be honest. Right. That's why I've got, you know, both the grandmas and I got my sister right. and I, <laughs> there's, there's very much a, a motherly influence that cool. they're, potentially lacking that I'm trying to solve for. And so I'm, you know, inserting that. Um, but I would say for me in terms of being present, yes and no. I mean, again, what we're trying to do from a business standpoint is build something that will buy me a lot more time than maybe other people do get. Um, so does that mean more hours and investment upfront? Probably, you know, um, yeah, but to answer honestly, I, no, I'm not as present as I would like to be. There, there are longer days than I would like, and there's more time away. And um, you know, sometimes I, you know, it's it's no, 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 you know, put on put on the show or whatever, so I can be on the laptop or whatever, and, I, and then I hate myself later, right? I'm yeah, just you know, totally. laying in my bed. You're an, you're a horrible father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all do the same thing. Totally. Well, this is everyone's reminder. Everyone here sitting and those listening to be intentional, to be present. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is everyone's reminder. All right, man. Well, take it to modern day. I sure. see you wear an awesome hat, your hustle hat. Uh, you've got an awesome gym just down the road called Thanks. Work Gym. Mm-hmm. So tell us what you're working on now, what you're excited about in the future. Yeah, yeah. So um, work, uh, we, we, have, we have our second location opened in uh, October uh, up here in Meridian. And then Hustle, we just launched uh, about 
two months ago um, over here in Eagle, and uh, we're just trying to help grow both businesses, right? They're, they're, they're small studio boutique fitness concepts, um, but like I said, both of them, in my opinion, have the potential to touch lives in a deeper way um, that is obvious right on the surface. You kind of have to touch it and experience it in order to really understand what that means. Um, but it is very different than walking into Super a traditional special. gym. Yeah, so that's what we're trying to do, man. We're trying to, we're trying to build those things and scale so that we can touch as many lives as we can. Awesome. So cool. Now, where can people find you, Dane, if they wanted to, to get to know about hustle or work or just you in general? Where are you at? Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, so on Instagram, you can find me at livingdane, D-A-N-E, jurisly. I know, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Love at it. living so dangerously. Cool. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the website's weworkforit.com, all words spelled out, weworkforit. Unfortunately, work.com was taken. <laughs> I can imagine. F-U, Salesforce. Um, and then, uh, yeah, hustle-fitness.com, hustle-fitness.com. So yeah, cool, cool, man. All right, well, as you know, this podcast is called Created to Lead. And one question that we like to, to ask all of our guests is, Dane, if you can define leadership in one sentence, how would you define leadership? Leaders are people who show others where it's possible to go. Boom. Boom. Love it. So good, man. Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Anything on your heart or anything? If you have the platform to literally be in every household right now, what's the one thing you want to leave them off with? Oh, man. That's so hard. Like I, I said, I'm a quote guy. I got like a million things going <laughs> right now. We can um, edit this and shorten the There time. you go. Yeah, exactly. Um, he answered that really succinctly, I swear. <laughs> um, no, I... You know, I love the idea of leadership and development like we've talked about. Yeah. And I think podcasts like this are awesome at being able to spread that kind of a message. And so the simple thing would just be, yes, you can, you know, so much of life we get, we doubt ourselves. We get these messages that, that conflate, uh, what's going on inside of our heads and, and we get confused and we get distracted and we, no, no, no. Yes, you can, you know, you don't have to ask permission. Um, you don't, you don't need somebody else's advice. You don't need their, what, I mean, again, so yeah, success leaves clues, right? There are right. probably smarter ways or better ways to do things, but you figure that out in time right. and um, you can always course correct. You can always, you know, right size. Awesome. So yes, you can. Awesome. Well, thanks for being with us today, Dane. Really appreciate it. Got a lot of great perspective. Thank yes. you. Truly appreciate an honor, it. man, to have you on the podcast today. Oh. Thank you so much for making the time. Appreciate it. I'm flattered. Thanks guys. Best is yet to come. Let's go. Thank you for listening to the Created to Lead podcast. If you receive value from today's podcast and want to learn more, visit us at createdtoleadpodcast.com. Help us spread the word by subscribing to the podcast as well as following us on Instagram at wearecreatedtolead. Thanks for joining us. The best is yet to come.